tapping into something that happened in the past that they're still hung up on or worried about something that has not yet happened in the future. And so rather than being present in the moment, they're like, well, this happened last time. And what if this happens? And so they, they catch themselves in like a creative freeze or a financial freeze because they're not doing anything because of the what if this and what if that. And so the confidence comes from okay, I know, you know, it's like the devil and the angel on your shoulder. This could happen or that could happen, but regardless, I'm going to have the confidence to just do it. The Move Entrepreneur Evolved Podcast. Get on it. And we're back with the Moved Entrepreneur Evolved Podcast, and I got Terlise Redu. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm excited oh, man. for we, our chat. We, we tried to do this last time, and we got a little bit beat up, didn't we? We did, but we're back. Internet is our friend today. Yes, <laughs> it is. So in that time being, I actually had to change internet connection, like the provider. And then I had to go get this mesh thing that I, I so you know what, I think that um, internet's not been super nice to me, but we're here and we made it. So how's your day going? I love it. My day's going well. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. You know, we had such a great conversation last time and it kept, you know, we'd hear like every other word from yeah. each other. So I'm glad to like, you know, continue it slash start a new conversation. Just chat. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'll probably use whatever I can to throw it out there because you bring like a lot of cool stories and things like that. And so let's see if we can kind of kick this in the right direction. So going back, um, you work in three different areas and that is the mind the body and the bank account. Does that sound right? Yes. Yep. Body, brains, bank account. Body, brains, bank account. And I'm actually really excited about this because um, those are the three things of what Moved is all about in those three different areas. So I'm really excited to kind of find your journey um, and, and get people to kind of hear how you brought those three together. Um, and then maybe share a little bit about, you know, what I do with Moved and then be able to kind of talk and see what those, th this type of person deals with. And I thought that would be kind of yep. interesting. So kind of going back on your story, what was the thing that got you to, let's say, convince somebody to give you some money? <laughs> <laughs> convince people to give me some money. That's kind well, of what we're in. That's kind of what we yeah. do. I mean, well, what. you know, it, it's cool. Cause like we talked about this a little bit last time, you know, when I first started, I was in commercial finance. And when the market kind of went awry, I was like, what can I do? How can I serve people? And so I started using the internet or using social media to build my business. And so I started on Pinterest and Instagram and Facebook, and I was selling digital courses, physical courses, and then my own coaching as well. And so I was, I, as I was bringing in new clients and selling things, I just teach someone else how to do it. So I would learn how to do it. I'd get a sell and then I'd immediately go, Hey guys, here's what I'm doing. And I just break it down. I started a Facebook group and I started really kind of positioning myself as an authority, as someone that actually wanted to give, you know, who is it? Gary Vaynerchuk. That's like jab, 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 right hook. I learned that a long time ago. And I just, I had this group where I was just constantly giving people value. And then I started to sell a lot in there as well. So for me, it started out like I just had to do some trial and error. Like in the beginning, I look back at some of my old posts and I just, I shake my head because I was so spammy. I had a link in every post, like people were unfollowing me in the masses. And, you know, I look back on it and I say, wow, what a cool journey, you know, but in the beginning, I didn't know if people were going to give me money. I didn't know if anyone was going to be interested. I was like throwing spaghetti against the wall and figuring it out. Did you feel like you started like that? Like, it's like, I don't know. Sounds good. Let's see if it works. Um, I feel like I do it all the time still. 
It's like, sounds good. I got this idea. Let's, I think the one it. thing that you brought up that was like super cool to me, um, like right now is like you, you said, and this is important, I think for everybody is like, you went and learned it and then you went and turn around and taught it. And I think yes. that what I want you to do is kind of explain, uh, the, 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 let's just put the underlining here. You've, you overcame imposter syndrome. So what, what I think that would be interesting is your process of making a decision that it was okay that you were the teacher. I mean, oh, just, yeah. this, so, uh, this is, I think that this is like a major core issue. I've, I've had to do it. You know, it's like you have, there's like a trigger in your brain that you have to have to kind of think, well, go ahead and answer. I was going to say, what well, one of the main things, like when I first start working with someone, the main, the first thing that we work on is the confidence and clarity around what, what we want to do in the first place. And so for me, I knew that I wanted to teach other people because there was a lot of other people like me that were looking for training or just wanted to, you know, were hungry for information and wanted to build, you know, it's interesting. Let me pause for a second. It's interesting because when I first got started 13 years ago, it wasn't so simple for everyone to just, just launch an online course and just launch a pod, you know, like we didn't have as many resources. It was like you filmed on a camera and then you had to connect that camera, let it download. You know, there was a lot more steps and yeah, it was a you lot had slower. Je you, had, you had Jeff Walker, like you have these guys, the product launch formula, and then you got to, And then it's like, huh? You're like looking at this thing. Like it's a, and then you got to create a page. So no, you're right. Like none of this stuff. Exactly. Good. And like, you know, like all the page builders, the website builders, those weren't really popular back then. Two weeks. I know messenger wasn't really a thing. I mean, people were using Facebook messenger, but Instagram messenger didn't, you know, wasn't around. And so mm -hmm. I had to learn this stuff and then find a way to record the videos and teach it inside of my Facebook group or Google Hangouts were really big back then. I would teach Google Hangouts mm -hmm. and, you know, we would, I would try to just get people wherever I could at that time and teach them. But one thing that I think is the most important is focusing on the confidence. Like why, you know, people say, oh, I want more followers or I just want more sales. But why do you want that in the first place? Like, is it because it's going to make you feel good? Is it because it's going to financially enable you to do more things? Is it because you want to tap into a new community? Is it because you want to no. serve? You want to show, you know? show up in a new car at Christmas. <laughs> right? Like, let's, let's, cut, let's cut the BS here. And so- Isn't that kind of, I mean, very, that's kind of what it is, right? You don't see your family is. all year. You show up with that new suburban, you're like, Johnny's doing good. <laughs> I know, right? But that's very, it's, it's important because you said, well, what made you want to go from, you know, the student to the teacher is because I wanted to show people all you have to do is find your own confidence and find something, you know, get the clarity around something that you're actually excited to teach about. And then it becomes fun. Like you want to show up, you want to teach about it. It's like that, that kid at Christmas where you're like, Oh my gosh, I can't wait to show this to you. Mm. And so my thing is like the, the fastest way to go from the student to teacher is figure out what is something that you could do in your sleep or that people ask you about that maybe you don't really think about. And it's constantly like, you know, aunt Susie's macaroni salad. It's like people People constantly telling her that they want it, they want it, they want it, but it's just second nature to her and she doesn't think anything about it. And so what are the things that either people are complimenting you on, asking you for help about the things that you could just get lost for hours in doing? Those are the things that you could probably very easily teach other people. It would come from source or from flow because it's something that you already like, and then you could earn income on it. I mean, why wouldn't you? If there's something you love, 
that other people could benefit from that you feel comfortable and it flows through you. It's like unconscious competence. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't you show others? Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of people are just afraid to show up on camera or they're afraid they're going to say the wrong thing. Or what if my friends and family don't like it when I post my business online and you just have to get, just ignore that and get, get away from that. And like, take a leap of faith, I guess you'd say. You know, one thing that I did, I'm a, I'm a big, I like, I like people. I like being around people. I love people's energy and I just, I like it. It makes me feel, it makes me a better person. But one thing that I found, and this might be some, someone who wants to do, um, cause they do teach it like this, but confidence is sometimes getting away from, um, those certain people that make you feel unconfident. And I think that one thing that I couldn't figure out in my brain what I personally had been going through at the time, trying to just kind of separate some things. And that was that for many years, you would grab your bag, you'd have your neighbors, and maybe you'd sit on the porch and have a beer and a glass of wine, and you'd laugh and have those stories. But then what you'd do is you'd wake up in the morning, put your suit on, and you'd head over to the office, and then you'd go be, you know, Johnny the stockbroker. And then when you're done being Johnny the stockbroker, you'd come home, take off your jacket and your buddy, you know, Joe down the street and say, hey, you dumbass look like you have a bunch of suits on, which going to have a beer with me. What I think has happened is it's very difficult for people to be both. So what ends up happening is they got to be the same guy to the neighbor as they do have to who they're pitching. And so it's all convoluted. So one thing that I did is I literally went in and I used kind of a CRM software so I could mark anybody. But in my Facebook, I was like, if your family and friends I'm literally creating a new Facebook and removing you from my mm-hmm. outbound, you know, my outbound, any kind of outbound. And what that did psychologically is it literally allowed me to be a jackass over here because I can do whatever <laughs> I want to fail forward. Right. And yeah. then the people that just want to talk about me being a child and my aunts and uncles, I'm not asking them to buy my shit. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You know, so that and was it, like, it's, it's important that you say that too, because I think that that holds a lot of people from doing what they really sure. want to, because it's like their uncle Sam from however, that they don't even talk to, but they're like, oh, I'm afraid that my uncle Sam will tell someone that, you know, and it's, it's just so fun. It's so funny, but it's like, does that really matter? Probably not. But, it, but the thing is, is it's real. It's real. It and is. It's, it's, and it feels this really, it feels real. I think the reason why is because we anchor off of those people to make who we are. Mm-hmm. And so we don't want to disrupt those relationships so that when we see them, they go, oh, all you're trying to do, what, am I going to buy your new package? <laughs> you know, you're like, I don't need Aunt Linda telling me that, you know, the bonus just came out, you know, it's just like, I can understand the separation, you know? So then yeah. going back, let's, let's kind of go into another one. Cause I think confidence, yeah. what you say, and it's, oh, how do we say this? It's like, we could sit here and talk about this for an hour on confidence, because I think last time we talked, you were like, what's the difference between the people there? And you just straight up said confidence. It is. And I totally believe it because it's like a confidence leads to consistency. Like when you're confident about something, you want to show up more, you want to be consistent. And then once you're consistent with it, that's where those habits start forming. And then once those habits start forming, then it just becomes who you are. And you're like, oh my gosh, because I decided to show up, and then again, and then again, and again, it's like that becomes your new baseline, you know, but a lot of people, they'll show up once and they don't get the viewers. And so they're like, see, no one wants to see me. And it's it really, it's just like people were busy or it didn't show up in their algorithm at that time. And they'll watch it later. Like, but we create these stories. You know, one thing that I think you and I talked about last time, is a lot of the lack of confidence comes from people either 
tapping into something that happened in the past that they're still hung up on or worried about something that has not yet happened in the future. And so rather than being present in the moment, they're like, well, this happened last time. And what if this happens? And so they, they catch themselves in like a creative freeze or a financial freeze because they're not doing anything because of the, what if this, and what if that? And so the confidence comes from okay, I know, you know, it's like the devil and the angel on your shoulder. This could happen or that could happen, but regardless, I'm going to have the confidence to just do it. You know, I always tell people if the video fails, you can always hit delete. If people don't watch, you can always hide it, but at least you get out there and you like start creating these new neuro pathways of like, oh, I'm not in trouble. This is actually okay. I don't need to like flee the scene right now. It's just uncomfortable. And it's something I'm not used to yet like riding a bike, you got to fall and then get back up and do it over and over. And then pretty soon you're like doing a live stream every week. Cause you're like, what was I worried about? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that what you're, I think one thing that you're, you're identifying is that the pattern, um, what we're always doing is we're looking for things to validate our fear, our fears. So through that process, you're like, Hey, I'm going to validate this thing is going to bite me. Oh, that's going to bite me. And then when it does all oh, that thing bought me, but I think what you're talking, it's like so important and anybody should go back and listen to what you just said. Cause like at the end of the day, it's the repetition that tells your brain that the fear that you thought was there is not there. Mm -hmm. And so then what happens, you feel comfortable going into these environments. And I only, I tell this from a story of like fighting, like it's scared to fight. Like, you know, my background is, is Muay Thai and fighting and things like that. It's like, are you kidding me? Like I get scared just to spar people every time I'm doing this yeah. my whole life, you know? So at the end of the day, I don't think, I think you have to accept that it's part of the game. Mm -hmm. Like it's It really is. I, I was talking with someone else about that the other day and he said, you know, it's different because no matter how much you practice, it's still different than the actual meat. You know? So like I used to run track and I can practice and practice and practice and practice. But once you're at the meat and you hear the real gun and it's a different situation, it doesn't, I mean, you can still have those, you know, your subconscious can, can do the moves. You know, I was in hurdles and so I could do the moves in my sleep, but at the end of the day, it's still like, it's still not the same as when you're in the moment. And so I'm, it's cool that you brought that up because yes, the repetition, you know, it helps you, but the emotions and the adrenaline are actually different when you're in the situation. So good that you brought that up because another friend brought that up and he said, yeah, but you can practice and practice and practice. But when you really get on the field, it's just a whole different experience. You know, there's other, there's other things that are happening at the same time. I was like, there is a bunch thing. of it and, and repetition. And, and I think that just bringing this through is that repetition slowly removes those because these yes. are these things that you're afraid of, you know, it's like, you, I think, you know, for myself, I like to do things that just are scary and I got to add repetition to learn. You know, I, I, you know, I chose to play guitar, you know, but playing in front of somebody, that's a whole nother game, right? It <laughs> so is. it's like, there's, yeah. there's, there's the repetition and then the application, right? So there's like so this true. repetition application. So here, here, the next one I've always think it's cool is like, you just brought up like hurdles and things like that. And what do you look at as the people that you work with as the health of their body? You talk about their body. What is it about their body that you like to see them obtain or what's the transformation that you look to see them do? And why do you even put it into your, your, your program? 
Yeah. So um, I believe in a holistic approach. So the reason that I focus on Body Brains Bank account is I truly believe that they're all connected. You know, when you're moving your body, when you're stretching, when you're doing breathing exercises, when you're when you're in movement, your mindset is usually doing better. And when your mindset's doing better, your finances are usually better. Or opposite, when your finances are doing better, you're feeling better. When you're feeling better, you're moving your body. And so I do feel that they're all intertwined. And um, you know, it's interesting because I've gained and lost 80 pounds, you know, over the however many years. And I've, I've had my own health journey and I've never believed in like, it's a specific weight or a specific diet or a specific, you know, exercise that you do. I believe in, like I said, are you moving your body? Are you, you know, gut health, so important. You know, I focus on brain health, the things that you're, that you're eating and, and drinking to help your brain health, you know, and, and taking once again, the holistic approach, not just take this pill and lose this weight or do this exercise and, and feel this way. Because if your body is not functioning, you know, at, on all cylinders, it really affects your sleep, your stress levels, your mindset, your relationships. I mean, and they are all intertwined. And like I said, I've been doing this. I've been coaching on this for like 13 years and I've realized it doesn't matter your economic status, if you're male or female, if you, what kind of job you have, like we're all human being at the end of the day. And if we don't feel good, it affects us in more ways than one. And if our mindset is not in the right way, yeah. don't tell me if you're in a shitty mindset that you don't start gaining weight and you know things physically manifest. It's a fact. It happens over and over. And so really the very first thing that I focus on out of those three categories is Where's your thinking happening? Like, what are you thinking about? What's consuming your thoughts during the day? Like, you know, are you always thinking of the negative? Or are you thinking of the positive? And it, it matters because it's like the compound effect. If you're always filling your mind and, and you're just like you said, the people you're surrounding yourself with, if that's always negative, you cannot tell me that you're not going to be gaining weight, having physical ailments just because I've seen it over and over and over your, your environment does affect you and how you're feeling on the inside affects the outside. So it's all intertwined um, and meshed. There was a movie there. There's obviously uh shoot what was wall street. You remember wall street uh-huh. and there was a scene in wall street. And I remember when I was a kid and I remember there was a scene, maybe, maybe I'm totally wrong, but my memory could be off. I thought it was wall street, but there's a scene and what he's doing is he has a row machine. And he's, I don't, he's like rowing or something through it. And I think he's like trading stocks. I think there's this scene. Again, I could have butchered that. If somebody sees that, leave it in the comments. Let me know that I'm yeah. wrong. <laughs> but it, for some reason that connected as when I was a younger guy, like 12 or whenever that came out, I was like, wow, this guy wants to be in shape and he wants to run a business and trade and all that. And I always thought that was like fascinating. And if you look mm -hmm. at guys like Steve Jobs, you look at Bill Gates, you look at all these people, once they get to a certain level, I mean, have you not noticed that a lot of these tech guys always end up in India and some Sri Lanka and they're like, oh, mm -hmm. I'm learning some, you know, meditational techniques or now I'm a yogi, but I don't tell anyone it's underground. And what ends up happening is they all end up going to this place of saying, I have to preserve myself. They all yep. do. They go into this like preservation. So I think one thing that you and I both promote here is like, just start that shit down. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, we started to talk about it on uh, the last time that we talked, because we were talking about niching down, for instance, you know, about like, 
talking only about one thing and, and your niche. And I was like, no, I talk, I purposely talk about multiple things because it's like, you eventually realize as the older you get and, you know, you know, I don't believe that in age is a thing, but it's funny. You know, I'm almost 44. It's interesting how many people will bring up, well, we're not in our twenties anymore. Or we're not young anymore. I'm like, but do you feel like that's because of your mindset and your eating choices and because you're not moving and because you're stressed out with work? I think that that has a little bit more to do than your age. Don't you? And, well, and that crease right here that I'm looking at, to be honest. <laughs> Hey, I know. I was like, no. Hey, but tell me, I could get rid of it. I could get rid of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I know. But you're absolutely right. You know, um, so I lived in Asia. I lived in uh, Thailand for a while, and they call it the land of smiles. And what the women believe is, if they stop smiling, they get unhappy and ugly. And I'm, and I'm mm. like, like, how simple is that? I mean, it's not, it's a lot of fear, <laughs> but I mean, how simple is that? And the reality is, you kind of do. And and you know. Um, uh, Jordan Peterson says the goal of a man is to try to get older and not become, you know, rigid and, 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 um, and bitter, you yep. know? And so it's like, how, do, what do we have to do? We have to take care of ourselves. Like we really do. We have to take care of ourselves. And I, and one of the things is I always work with a lot of like turmeric and ginger and lemon. I'm just a big, you know, mm -hmm. proponent that those things are naturally should be boiled and used more often because you find them in every supplement that you have. But the thing that I realized um, was that we really just are an output of whatever we choose to do every single day. And so if you can change those patterns, you have to hold on to them long enough because it's almost like you have to bleed the old cancer out. Like mm -hmm. you have to like get rid of all of that to become like this new person. I don't know if the new person is going to be good or not, but change is evident. <laughs> but something's changing, right? <laughs> Now right. let's kind of, let's roll through the, through the punches. I, I, I like this because um, I, I just, I, I'd also like to get some, some female aspects to this because I'm always interested in that as well. We brought up confidence when it comes to men. Um, and I know you deal with a lot, a lot more men and things like that. And I can see why, but maybe from you your aspect, maybe I can get some of this from people also as well. So for men, I believe that doing some form of like chest workout and having shoulders just mentally changes us as a hunter and we become that gorilla. Mm -hmm. And so on, on a, on two sides, one is we feel like we hunt, we negotiate different. And on a sexual side, we feel like we have our armor on. This probably mm -hmm. isn't the thing that is attractive to women, but for some reason we feel that when our, our vibrato is put together, there's something that happens with that. And so yeah. I know that those are squats as well, increased testosterone, right? So we got push-ups or self squats, and maybe we do some calves so we can have some good balance. So if we were to say that's the core for like a man, what is the confidence exercises that a woman would look at to say, look, these are the things that kind of us women need to do to give us that baseline? Because you can't run a marathon every week. You can't. Do all, you know, you have to I am, I'm still like a decade later, I'm still a huge fan of mirror work. And, uh, you know, Ooh. if you're familiar with Louise Hayes, what'd you awesome. say? Oh, I just say, 
um, doing like, so affirmations, mirror work, um, but, but actually believing in it, not just like mm -hmm. looking in the mirror and telling yourself a bunch of fluff, you know, like choosing what words you want to identify as and looking yourself in the mirror. And, you know, so, um, I do like, I'll go through my ABCs of like, I'm amazing. I'm beautiful. I'm clairvoyant. I'm determined. I'm enthusiastic. I'm fun to be around. And I will go. And if I don't feel it, or it's just the word that I'm using to feel, I will start over. And like there, there comes a, a different level of confidence when you can look yourself in the eyes and know that you are not fluffing or bullshitting or like, you know, making up some story just to do these affirmations and make yourself feel good. And, you know, it's, it's very uncomfortable at first. And it's like, oh my, okay, I'm, you know, this and that roll your eyes, but you can truly like stand in your confidence. And like, there is, um, I don't remember the lady's name off offhand, but she was talking about being in a power pose, you know, like putting your hands on your hip and standing with your chest wide open and, and being in that stance for a moment and like, and just empowering everything that, you know, whether you do it before speech or before a podcast, like we're doing, but I believe that really being expansive in, in, the way that you stand while you're doing this mirror work with yourself can create miracles. Like it, it's done a lot for me. You know, I, when, like I said, I was going through my own health journey and I was in and out of the hospital for months at a time. Like I would go in for a week, come out, go in for a week. And I had to start doing that. Like literally with the IV bag still connected to me. And I would go to the mirror in my room in, in the hospital room. And I would just do mirror work. And I would talk to myself and, and I just believe that if you, if you can truly anchor into the, I am and believe it and not just give yourself a lip service that you begin to just like the book says, you can heal your life. You really can uh, change the things that you don't like, whether it's physical or mental or with relationships or whatever. So I think that's so important because even if you're in bad shape and you can't work out or, you know, you don't feel comfortable to stretching or like there's some physical thing that keeps you from doing it. You can find a mirror. If you don't have a mirror in your house, go find some reflective surface and just take a few minutes. And it only has to take a few minutes, but I think that, and the people that I've worked with, it really has made a difference because it sounds so simple or like, Oh yeah, here we go. But if you do it and you commit to it and you take it on a deeper, like, a deeper level, not just, oh, I got to do this for five minutes. Let me get it over with. It can really make changes in the way you feel about yourself, the way, the way that, I don't know, being able to look yourself in the face and not BS. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty rad. I, I think that um, I was working with someone the other day and I said, you know, the thing about Eastern philosophy and we have Western medicine and when you start putting these things together and you're thinking the word woo-woo is what you're trying to say. It's like, I'm not trying to be woo-woo, yeah. right? But there's, um, I always go back to the placebo effect in every single test that they do. And what they'll do is they'll mm -hmm. give, let's just, let's just say it's a 50-50. I don't know what the heck they do. Maybe I'll find out one day and I'll get that answer. But I think it's a 50-50. They literally go 50-50. Let's do a placebo on an actual pill. Mm -hmm. And they'll give it to 100 people and the placebo works. I don't know why, but obviously something in that formula creates mm -hmm. an output result that tells your body to do something. And so in that same thing of what you're saying, that's the exact same thing. We literally absolutely, have to and it's like if you believe in the law of attraction or not, or your reticular activating system, whatever. I mean, it's everyone believes something different, but if you do believe in the law of attraction and you do believe in what you think about, you bring about, then why wouldn't it happen that way? 
you know, and some people don't believe that. They're like, I don't believe in the law of attraction. Okay. So then what is it that you believe? Whatever you want. What is it that you think is the thing that makes no law of attraction not work? I think I, I think I know what, what I would answer. But uh, the feeling. I, I think that it's the feeling that people, they don't commit to it. So they'll, they'll repeat their affirmations or they'll put up a vision board, but like there's an internal struggle where they don't actually believe it. And so they're like, I'm going to get a mansion and it's going to be this. And, you know, they look at it and they, you know, they drive by the houses and everything, but like, there's this doubt of like, well, can I really do it? And I don't know what, you know, what if people judge me for this house? Like just all this other stuff. So to yeah. me, what unlock when unlocks it is like, just like, you know, thinking grow rich says like that unwavering belief of it does not matter. This is what's happening, living in the end, visualizing yourself in that situation. And like, there is no other option. I think that's like the, the deciding factor, because when a lot of people don't manifest or don't bring whatever they want, it comes down to, they're like, well, I don't, they were doubting themselves or they, they weren't taking the actions that actually needed to happen. And they were just sitting around hoping that it fell into their lap. And unfortunately you do have to like, there's, there's a law of reciprocity. You have to do something to get something. And a lot there of people it's like, unfortunately want to skip that. Yeah. <laughs> they skip they that forget part. to like go do stuff. Like you have to like, yeah. you got to go get yourself in front of the train to get hit or get a ride. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true though. It's like you, you have to, and I would love to just say, all you have to do is think about it and get in alignment and feel it and it'll happen, but it doesn't always, it can, but it doesn't always happen like that. I think it's that just, you have, you know? I think that you have this feeling, you'll know the feeling that I think that, um, I, I think you carry this feeling. I, I felt it myself. And what ends up happening with a set of confidence is like you walk in a room and things just repel. So like, for example, because you've been doing this for so long, I know you've been in a room before. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I bet you I'm right. And you've had more than five people walk up to you and you felt like you carried an aura, right? Mm -hmm. you, you've had that, like all of a sudden you're like, boom, five or six people yeah. around me and they're talking to me. And I know what it feels like to be Angelina Jolie, just a little smaller, but in the sense, <laughs> in, in the sense though, that's the trigger that people are looking for. They, they, they don't realize that when you get to that next level, there's other receptors that, re that literally push those people away from you. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. So mm -hmm. when you're unconfident, you're just around these people. It's like you're in this mesh. And then all of a sudden, what you're saying is when you actually become is what I think you're that you're getting at. It's like you're becoming Yeah, become, embody whatever yeah, you want yeah. to call it. Yes. And then all of a sudden people look at you and you're you have this aura around you. And that's when you know. Like so when people are wondering, like, well, what's it gonna feel like? It's when people it's when things repel off of you. And you can like, and it's, it's like what we were just talking about too. It's like, you know, go, going back to the macaroni salad or potato salad. It's like when you, when you're just like in flow and, and you know, it's just, you don't have to think about it and it's just fun and everything. Then that's, what's brought to you. You're going to find more people that are interested in whatever it is, whatever your potato salad is. Exactly. Because you basically, I think what I think that you're saying as well is like, you start to, uh, like attracts like, and it also there repels. Like, yes. yeah. I mean, that's why, that's why it's like, I love all these hacks for copywriting and social media 
tips and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, I do so I sell so much better when it just flows. And when I'm like, what would, how would I want help? What am I actually, how am I serving people? How am I figuring out a problem? Not like, oh, you got to put this sentence first and then make sure you add this bullet point. And it's like, when you have to formulate it, it cuts off the flow. And so when you can just like share freely and, you know, though that's when you're attracting the people you actually want to work with and the people that it's not for, it's not for, and that's okay. And, you know, so if you're using a cookie cutter method to try to get more sales or anything, that's never worked for me. I'm just like, when I can flow and just share as if I were, you know, if I were the customer and I were the person that's benefiting from it, it's just so much more fun. One, but two, you actually get the people that resonate with you, not just the people you coerced into buying something because your copywriting is good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One thing I noticed about you too, um, last time when we had talked and I thought, I think this is important to talk about, um, for anybody that's out there, like running a coaching business or a course business. And that is to recognize like what business that you're in. Because I think one thing that you said being it for 13 years, you didn't sell one course. You didn't sell one no. coaching program. And I think that people are missing that they have to be in the business of that you're in. And that means that the longevity of the transitions. And I think that, and I'm looking for your agreement or maybe to add to this. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's very interesting. I think interesting people to... think if I get good at, like, I think that the, here's the problem. Like here's the really the underlining problem is that people think that if they can get good at Facebook ads, they're going to build a Facebook ads agency and then everything's going to be good. But our society is not working like that. What you really need to do is say, I'm someone that generates leads and today Facebook ads is the way I do it. And now you have this big picture that you can then know that transition's coming and now you're in the business. I think that what you have done, and I think that it's something I'm kind of, why I just pay attention. I could just tell it's what I, my philosophy too, is that you've actually sold yourself and then the storyline lies under you. So kind of like they carry along with you. And then you basically say, Hey, ba by the way, I went to the organic mall shop. You know, I went to the organic vegetable mm -hmm. place and I got some cabbage and I've got this and I've got this. And then you send an email out and you go, Hey, by the way, everybody, by the way, I went and got some cabbage this week. Do you want some cabbage? And then, you know, you run some cabbage for a while and then the next season comes and you say, by the way, I have this, uh, you know, I've made some chairs. How you want me to give you some chairs for the village or whatever. So what I, I think that is important for people to recognize about you is that you built a business around creating stuff for people that like you. Absolutely. I, and I always have. And it's, it's very interesting because when I first started coaching, I was coaching people teaching them how to sell using social media. And then after working with thousands of people, I realized, hmm, these people are coming to me because they want more followers or they want more sales, but actually they don't, they're not confident. They don't have clarity and they don't have communities to talk to. So I focus on confidence, clarity, and community. And then that just, you know, if I'm focusing on that, it could be stress related. It could be business related. It could be mindset related. It could be body related. If I'm focusing on those three things of helping them feel confident in their niche, helping them have the right clarity and mindset around it, and then showing them how to get in front of a community that, that they can sell it, it doesn't matter. And that's why it's worked because I started out as business, but then I went to stress management because all these people are like, I'm so stressed. I can't get leads. I'm so stressed. I'm not getting business. And so I was like, mm, 
let's switch what I'm teaching. And I'm still mm. teaching business and social, yeah. but not really. And so I think you can do that with a, a lot of coaches can do that, but you know, same thing I mentioned before, so many people get so niched down that they don't want to talk about other things. And so, mm. I mean, if the, if times are changing, you have to be willing to, to change with the market or change because you'll become irrelevant. There's a lot of people that became so niche that now they're like, I don't even know what to talk about. You know, it's mm -hmm. not popular anymore. It's not relevant. Like Periscope, for instance, all the people that were just teaching how to market on Periscope and you're like, Ooh. well, when's the last time we use Periscope? And so you don't want to niche yourself down just to one thing necessarily, because if that one thing goes away, then what are you doing? So do you look at it... <clears throat> Do you look at it as an evolution of people going through your life and your job is to, sh do you, do you share the stories of life? And then, then in that you capture the, Hey, by the way, would you like to buy something? Is that your mentality to keep the machine going or the lifestyle, you know, like. Um, I don't know that I look at it that way. It's, um. I kind of like just bounce back and forth with like what I feel is needed that I can show up the most authentically mm, and okay. like just same thing I mentioned before. It's like, where can I give value, give value, give value. Okay. Everyone's liking this. Now I'm going to sell you into a program, yeah. you know? And so it's just worked time after time. Like I started out with an Instagram course and I did a personal development course and I did a business course. And so it's like what I, I like to be in the trenches first and show something works that way I kind of, you know, share the actual, not the, just the theory well, and behind build it, the and build method. confidence, right? Totally. You know, yeah. it's like, I, I don't really like teaching theory as much as I like showing what I've actually done, but it's, it's worked for me. And another thing is like, people don't get weirded out when all of a sudden I'm sharing something different. Like they don't think like, Oh, Charlize is promoting this. What's going on? They're like, yeah. Oh, cool. I trust her. I've been following yeah. her for a decade. She hasn't screwed me over yet. I'll go buy what she's, what she's yeah. promoting, you know? Yeah. So it works. <laughs> So, so like diving deeper into like kind of swapping, swapping from like a med meditation or mentality. And then you've got kind of your exercise. What are you doing? Food, things like that. So now you have like this business aspect. Mm -hmm. You have people in the environments. And, and I think this is an interesting place to talk because people need to recognize maybe where they're at. And I think that you get this as well, is that there's so many people that step into the arena and then they end up just running around the arena and not getting anything done. And then they mm -hmm. feel like they're not as good as the rest. And this is yeah. exposed much higher than ever because the barrier of entry to call yourself a business person online is pretty small. Yeah. So there's an entire sector of those people. What do you think the thing is missing out of those people? The large, the large, like, you know, let's call it an 80, 20 rule. And then let's say there's only 1% of the 20% that actually went and actually made it banger. Right. So what's the 80% do you think that they are not doing that's the difference between the two? And I know it's just like action, things like that, but what do you think? What do you but think I, I really do. I think it comes back again to the consistency. You know, I've, a lot of my friends and I've been talking about this lately of like, what sets one person apart from another person. Like I was just on a walk with my best friend yesterday, actually. And we were talking about like, what do you think the difference is between A and B? And it, it really came down to while we we're walking, talking about same thing. It's like, 
you see these people that are doing so well and you break it down and it's like they showed up day after day, they put the systems in place, they, you know, got on a schedule and weren't just like trying to figure it out. It's like they actually had a system to what they were doing. Imagine that. And it's like writing a goal down, you know, they say you got to write a goal down if you know what you're going to aim at. But it's true. I think a lot of these people, they get FOMO, you know, fear of missing out, or they just, they want to do the newest, latest and greatest thing. And then when it doesn't work out the way that they imagined in their head, they just go on to something else. And so, you know, when I start working with people, I say, do not deviate from this plan for 30 days. doesn't matter if you're sick. It doesn't matter if you're tired, like just try it for 30 days because most people don't even give themselves enough of a chance to see if they've even succeeded or failed in the first place. Cause you know, I, I think you and I talked about 75 hard. So, you know, I was doing a 75 hard workout and you have to do it for 75 days. But when I first started, I started with over a hundred people. I started the group, a hundred people. I think three people finished with me at the end of 75 days. So because you're a 90- savage, because you're a savage, <laughs> got to give you the credit. You're a savage. I did it. No, but, but think about it. So that means like 90 something people that were like, I can do this. I'm doing it. 75 days later, quit. They quit. And some of them quit the first week. Some of them quit the first month. The point of it is that's not just that program. It's like, we see it happen all the time. Exactly. We see it happen over and over and over. And I think that it's just like the good thing about 75 hard is it's like, you have a plan, you know, you need to do every day. There's no deviating. There's no guessing. And if you make it through, you succeed. And so I kind of use that as like a verb lately. It's like, I just got a 75 hard it. It's true. Like, imagine if you just did that for the other things in your life. If you were like, I'm not going to sleep tonight until I get a blog up, or I'm not going to sleep tonight until I do a live video, whatever it is for you, it's setting that own standard for yourself. And the problem quote unquote is most people don't want to do that. They do it for a week or a couple of days. It gets boring or it gets uncomfortable. And they're like, peace out. I'm going to go do something else. You know, don't you think, I mean, it's not talking crap. It's just like, I see it over and over and over. So like, if you go back to what's the difference between the successful people and not successful people, more often than not, it's that they don't have a plan. They don't have a schedule. They're not committed. They're wavering. They like, they, they haven't decided that like I'm burning the boats. And I think that people also underestimate the pressure that's needed to get something to get the ball over the hump. So yeah. for example, like, I know there's a lot of programs out there. I've been doing sales and marketing my whole, my whole life. I've been trying to sell my mother from not spanking me. I mean, I've been trying everything I could. Okay. So when you, when you, when you put, when you put that all together, um, there's a lot of things, a lot of stuff that's ran out there. Like, well, you just kind of get in there. And then when you, if you're a good salesman, you just close the first couple people. And then it's like there. And that is such a crock of shit. It's such a crock of yeah. shit the amount of volume that you need to create in momentum to create, to create a lead flow in generation is way beyond the threshold that you're thinking. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of the day, God basically says, if you start your business and you go and close two deals in the beginning, basically he's saying good job because eight, no sales are on their way because there's a ratio here. But what I find with people is they assume they underestimate the volume that you need to create a flow of anything in their business. 
And so one of the things that I think we were talking about a minute ago, when you're talking about each one of those pieces that you're talking about, it's basically stacking things. And so what I've been doing a lot of teaching on is basically stacking those repetitions and then stacking those things that are inside of your business as well. And then knowing that those stack of repetitions, that that's the movement that you created. The problem that people do is they utilize that stack of momentum and then they go to the next thing and then they stop doing that. Mm-hmm. And so or we're... another thing I've seen, oh, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I say another oh, thing that I've seen is people try to do 20 things at once. They're just like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And you're like, what the heck is going on? You are setting yourself up for failure. So you, you like start with one thing. I know 75 hearts is different because you have to do a couple things at once. But like, if you are listening to this, you're saying sounds easy, but every time I start, I fail or every time I do it, this pops up. It's probably because you are putting too much on your plate. You're going from one to a hundred. You're not realizing the things you're going to have to give up the additional time commitment, maybe the extra financial equipment, like making changes means changes, time, money, relationships, et cetera. And so I don't sell yourself short with how much you can do, but also don't be naive to the sacrifices that you are also probably going to have to make. It's just when things change, things change. You only have so much time in a day. And so I think a lot of people are like, I'm going to make a million dollars. I'm going to change my life. But like, they don't want to get up earlier. They don't want to work on their lunch break or do the things that it needs to do. And so just like you said, it's like law of reciprocation. (laughs) You got to give a little bit if you want to get some, you know? But not only that, people, people underestimate the times that the doctor helps somebody for free. Or they underestimate the chiropractor's marketing funnel that they go to the actual, um, they go to the, uh, like, I don't, have to, I don't want to call it the swap meet. They go to the, uh, the market, because we have them down mm-hmm. here by the beach. You know, you, they go down yeah. to the market and the chiropractor's there and he's like, hey, by the way, why don't you come in? I'll give you a free assessment. Yep. That's going to take his time. But I think a lot of times what, un- what people underestimate is that you have to do that shit to get people through the funnel. And so what a lot of these people lack the confidence, as you had taught before, to just go, just get out there because the numbers are going to have to follow. Because even if you're the greatest salesman on the planet, you don't have a 100% closing ratio if you don't have the marketing in front of it. Yeah, so true. So, so true. So like, let's talk a little nitty gritty. What, what do you think, what do you think about um, closing ratios? Where should people be? I, I don't know. It's so interesting. Like I've never, I've never been the person to, and maybe this is not the right answer, but I've never been the one to focus on like, I need this percent opt-ins and I need this amount of opens and I need this amount of Mm. closes. It's like, you know, some of the people I'm doing business with right now, I've known for a decade plus. Mm. And it's just, it's interesting because my ROI on relationships from five, 10 to however many years ago, it's like that I couldn't properly measure that closing ratio. You know, I have some people that will come and buy every program I have from me. It's like, what are you launching? Well, then that would mean that your closing ratio due to the relationships that you created comes up to about an 80%. But if you were to open a new market, you wouldn't expect those closing ratios, would you? No. And you know, the thing for me too, is it's so funny because I like some posts, I'll make a post and I'll have 
hundreds of people comment. And then other posts I'll make and I'll have two people comment, but then people come in my inbox and buy. And so it's so funny because I, I think sometimes people get caught up on the initial numbers of like, I posted five times this week and only 10 people commented, but it's like, that's content that's out there for people to see later. Those are relationships that you're building. You're building your authority because people are seeing it. There's people that are watching you and not commenting. And so I don't necessarily worry so much about like, specific numbers of how much I put out compared to how much I close. But I do make sure like one thing I just always focus on is just nourishing the relationships. And, you know, I've, I've been known to burn a bridge, but I, you know, I'm very mindful of the, the people that I'm around my community, how I'm serving them, et cetera, because I might not be closing someone right now, but chances are because history shown me people will come to me years and years and years later and be like, Hey, what do you got going on? I want to work with you. And so I, I don't like, I look at my numbers week to week of like what I'd like to focus on and, and the programs I want to, you know, sell or promote or what I've just never been a stickler for percentages and what I needed. And I think that's just because I used to work in the commercial finance field and they were so unbelievably anal about that stuff. It was like every number had, and it was just, you know, and so I got away from that. I'm like, I don't need to Maybe be rigid. I, I didn't like that. I want to be in flow. And so if so that I works will say, for you. So I'll, I'll kind of like, I'll create a little controversy for fun. Yes. Um, I, I agree with that. And I think that there's a piece of the puzzle that the, what, uh, how do I say this? Um, you have an internal instinct that when you put something out, a percentage should buy. Right. But that internal instinct has been created through the volume that you've created, the relationship over time you've created and everything like that. What I'm getting at, I guess, is that when we when you work with people that are trying to go out there and start a business, what should they be thinking? Because they're not they don't have that. And I think that there's this 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 is where I think that there's the marketing and then there's the, hey, when you get into the program, there's got to be a little expectation that they don't have those people that have cried, bled, and given you their money before. So when people start things, what should they look at on closing ratios? Or do you just kind of say whim through it and don't don't think about it? So every course that I do, I have a my very first section before you even start my programs, it's called expectations and immunizations. I tell you what to expect. I tell you, like I immunize you essentially of you're going to get haters. You're going to have people opt out. You're going to like tech's not going to work. I go through all of this stuff and I don't focus necessarily on percentages, but I do. I, like I said before, I go through like expectations of them. Look, you're going to have to commit to this. Like if you were, if you were in a school or this was a university, you would be expected to show up. And so I think a lot of times because we're in an internet age or apps or, you know, social media, people don't take it seriously, but I always let them know right ahead. Like if you just like, if you just had FOMO and you wanted to just kind of cruise through this, this might not be for you, you know? And I, I think that as a, as a teacher, as a product creator, I always, a hundred percent let them know what to expect of me what to expect of their audience because i've seen it happen time over time after time and like how to be okay with your program flops or if no one wants to join or if you have drama in your community or your account gets shut down like i go through all this in the very beginning because of that kind of stuff it's like percentages don't matter if you're not even putting out (laughs) 
content on a consistent basis, you know? And so I just feel like it's a lot of moving pieces, but I do always start all my programs out with that of like, here's what to expect. Here's what's probably going to happen. And that way, when it does, it goes off your shoulders. You don't even care. And you're focused on what you want. And then and you I think become it's the more ability confident. to give people the skills on how to get back up because it's at the end of the day, it's like, like Absolutely. There, there's a video or there's a picture that has the graph of the up and down. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Of being an yeah, entrepreneur. I do. It's like, if you decided to go be, uh, go be a track, track Olympic track person, you wouldn't like think about all the times you were going to break your leg on the way there. You're not going to think about all the times that you didn't drink enough water and you almost died. You don't think, (laughs) right. I mean, you know, the hydration, you know, the game it's like, if you, if you, if you were to write down all of those things, would you do it? Hell no. No. You'd be like, this isn't worth it. Yeah. So, so part of, I think us as humans, this is, um, I don't know why this keeps getting brought up around me lately, but it's the whole Olympian getting the gold. And then after they get the gold, they're just like, not happy. They've, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, I think Mm -hmm. what you're talking, it's like, this is the, that is the game you, this is the hunt you chose to go on now, accept the things that happen on the way. And I think that that's like what you're you're sharing it's like yes and I also think that you know so many people are so focused on the win or the the close or the end goal that they really kind of become blind to the actual process and that's one thing that over the years I've been trying to be more aware of is like yes I had this goal yes I want to hit this target but the learning and the expansion comes in the doing of it and the and the ups and downs that you just mentioned and so the downs are they bad or did you learn something from it you know I used to when something quote-unquote bad would happen it would just set me off the rails and I'd be so upset and now I'm like why is this happening for how is this happening for me? And I learn from it. And then I can, the next time some drama pops up, I'm like, oh yeah, I already did this. You know, I don't need to respond the same way, but if you hadn't gone through the dips and the ups and downs, how would you even know how to handle it or to react, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, is it really a bad thing or is it just helping you build your character, you know, build business acumen, feel more expansive and, you know, the way that you're communicating with others. I think that those negative quote unquote things, there's actually a lot of benefit to them. There is. The hard part is that giving the people the tools to do the next step. So Mm -hmm. for like in, and in the world of business in a, in a digital world, the world is it's, it's basically optimization. And so I always like to be like, Hey, where's there any volume? Because you got, you can move something, but if you're not, if you're stale and you're not taking action at all, it's like, we got, you gotta, you gotta actually create that. You know, if, you know, that's the thing I think that in business people miss so much, they just miss this so much is it, you know, if you, if you're going to come out the gate and you have a product, you're like, okay, I'm going to get, I'm going to go for it. And you're like, okay, if you don't have enough deep pockets to run enough ads to try to figure it out, eventually you'll figure it out. You know, if you break mm-hmm. it down and things like that, if you don't have the runway for all the ads, and then you also have the gut to deal with losing the money to get to there. I'm sure every Facebook coach out there is like, that's not true. I'll fix it every time. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. I get it. But at the end of the day, someone trying to explore their options to find their way, it's going to cost them a lot of money. The other option is even if someone would come into your business and do it for you, the problem is when you leave, you're not going to be able to run it. You're not, you're not, you don't have the, like what you just described, you have the instinct now because you've slayed the dragon. 
you have gone out mm-hmm. and you've done it. And that's where your confidence comes from, you know? And I think that people- Well, and it's interesting because like, I want to hire people to do the tech stuff for me. And I want to hire people, you know, like hire out to do graphics and everything. At the same time, I want to know how to do it though. So like, I want to learn it and I want to make sure like I'm that the person I hire is doing a correct job and that it's mm-hmm. being done properly, but I don't want to do it. It's like, you want to know how to clean your toilet and make sure it's properly cleaned. But the housekeeper's probably more happy doing it because that's her job and she takes joy and pride in it and is like excited about it. And so it's like, I want to learn how to do it so that I can do it and contribute, but Mm -hmm. that's not my job. And there's other people that are excited and happy and that's like their niche. And so you have to be willing to like, not want to do everything and kind of, you know, for me, I've learned to stay in my lane. I'm really good at some things and other things. I know how to do them, but I don't want to because there's someone else that is stoked about it and happy and ready to take on the job. So I don't have to. That makes well, sense. It, it is, it, it, it is, it is, but you would also have to agree that you had to get into those nasty places in the beginning. I think that's what you're saying. Like in the beginning, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's yeah. ugly. It's ugly. It's so ugly. That's why I was saying in the beginning when I was like, just trying to test stuff and like getting banned and, you know, like people were deleting me and stuff. And I was like, okay, that didn't work. Let's try something else. Yeah, absolutely. You got to try it out. But then like, once you do figure out what works, it's like, okay, now I'm going to hand this over to the professional, you know? <laughs> I learned my lesson many years ago. So I was in the sunglass business. And when I left, I was, I had, um, at the time I had, we had just gotten some other brands and. Um, I was, I had Oakley and Von Zipper and Spy and all those brands that were back in those days, still going, I guess today or whatever, Arnett and all those brands, yep. Ray-Ban. And then I expanded and I started to get like all of the Dolce Gabbana and the Prada and everything like that. And as I started to go through that like whole process, the one thing that I started to realize is there was like one domino that moved the whole thing. And I was like, if I push this thing, I can break everything going forward as long as I can get that one lever to turn, I don't care if I lose every customer for the next 30 days, as long as that faucet, I can keep moving down that line, then I'll return everybody's money until I figure it out. And so I think that it's where I love, I like how you adapt the sense of like, I got to find your community because if you don't find the community, then you, you're not even putting your bait out there and kind of, you know, putting them out there where you're awesome. I think that like, I love it because you're a mirror to what I see as a vision of what our moved and what the move 30 is about. So I support you hundred percent. You've been doing this and I think it's amazing. Where do these people find you? So luckily my name is not a common name. So Tarlise, you can find me at any social media, T-A-R-L-E-S-E. And my website is also Tarlise. So Tarlise.com. Um, I have a new website coming. Just it's so fun to be able to connect with so many people through social media. So wherever you're at, if you look at Tarlise, you can find me and my website's the same. Um, I'm usually pretty easy to um, find on Messenger as well. So if you use Instagram Messenger, Facebook Messenger, don't be afraid to reach out. I also have a Facebook group. So you can pretty much find anything on whatever platform you're on. You know, I know a lot of people prefer one or the other, but I, I do have I do have a presence on all of them. So well, you've had wherever time. you want to find me. You've had time. Yes. You've been doing this for a while. So you expect. I have. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. That ends the Moved Entrepreneur Evolved podcast. You have been an awesome guest and I hope to have you again Thanks for, having for me. the for the two and a half time. How's that? Because yes. last one doesn't count. <laughs> thank you so much. Yes. Thanks.
If you like this episode, make sure you smash the like button and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just like Nike is to athletes, Moved is to entrepreneurs.